0: What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. I've gotta buy me a coffee up there for whatever reason. And I'm also still planning to, by the end of this damn month, record a bonus episode for Patreon, so Fun times all around, oh my god. Uh, This week's episode is, we're back in 1955, and we're reading The Witch Tree Symbol, which is one of the Nancy Drew mystery stories. The cover is a hot mess of bad choices. Um, (laughs) The Witch Tree Symbol itself is from Amish country, apparently. Here's the thing this is one of those Nancy Drew books that kind of reads like a travelogue, like a look at this interesting window into other cultures that's all about the Pennsylvania Dutch. So there's a lot of shit in here that I'm like, I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's, if it's legit. I feel like it probably is mostly legit if you were a white person who is just super basic, just walking up in there and, and just poking around. Like I've, I feel like it's legit from that perspective. I don't know how much of the rest of it's legit. Um, back in this time, like, I know that Harriet Adams really, really wanted the, the people writing the books to have at least some idea of what the fuck they were talking about in most ways. So, mm, so probably most of that shit is true um, This one is Nancy gazing at the witch tree symbol, which is a red circle with a white outline around it. So, a white border with a black X over the middle of it. That's it. That's the witch tree symbol. Now you know. Uh, Clearly, that's not the basis of the mystery. Uh, Nancy is wearing a fetching mock turtleneck, short-sleeved mustard yellow with some some tightening at the hem area. Like, mm, it's... It's a sh- it's a look that's actually back in fashion, so there's that going for her. She's also wearing this, like, very blend-in-the-background bla- uh, brown skirt. She is standing next to a wagon, and I'm pretty sure this is depicting a part near the end of the story where she's with one of the many Amish couples that she stays with during this entire book. Like, she just kind of does a lot of house jumping um the Amish woman in question has a hood over her head is wearing glasses is her mouth is also agape everything is very startling on the front of Nancy Drew books regardless of what's actually happening um she's wearing this really nice emerald green though like the Amish woman is with, like, a black belt thing happening, and also her son, who is even more agape than ever. Like, it's it's the most startling thing that's ever happened to him. Nintendo has not yet been invented, but this little boy, he's here for it. And he is wearing what is described in the text as, like, the traditional Amish boy garb of, like, white button-down shirt, black suspenders, black pants, boy-sized man hat. Like, lots of lots of weird stuff happening. Um, yeah, Nancy has her finger to her mouth like, hmm, but... She's also got, again, like, we're going with the very honey golden wave thing happening. They are next to the wagon that I think this is the part where maybe the wagon wheel came off. Um, There's weird stuff on the tree, as though the person who read this was like, I'm not quite sure how to depict whatever the fuck this tree is supposed to be doing, so we're just gonna draw some weird offshoots. And there's a house in the background-ish. It's kind of, like, hidden by most of this... Okay, my brain wants to say Stagecoach because the first Nancy Drew book I ever read was Clue the old Stagecoach. So anytime I see anything with big old wheels on the front of a Nancy Drew book, I'm like, Stagecoach! It's not. It's a wagon. It's an Amish wagon. This book is bonkers as shit. Like, honestly, I I just finished reading it. I'm pretty sure that I n- didn't read the original text when I was first reading through these bitches. Um... W- It's a lot. It's a fucking lot. Anyway, so this book starts off with Nancy being invited to go to, okay, and it doesn't fucking matter what these people's names are. I'm going to be honest with you. There's one guy in here that I just looked at his name several thousand times and was like, this ain't going to happen. He's going to be old dude. Your name is old dude now. Uh, Enjoy it when i'm looking at big sky i'm like sheriff hembo like just just understand that everybody's going to have some fucking nicknames anyway nancy goes to this house of a woman who has recently passed who left everything to her like niece and nephew again i don't fucking care what the family relationship is because the book doesn't really fucking care um yeah it's like their aunt she collected a lot of antique shit But her house is, like, in a kind of creepy area. So this woman, who apparently has, like, just met Nancy, like, within the past two weeks, is like, Oh, you seem like a brave girl. Will you go with me to my aunt's creepy house so that I can just do an accounting of her antiques? And Nancy's like, fuck yes. Which, I guess the senior center was closed for renovations that week. And she was like, I don't have any aquatic dancing to do or any, maybe, expressionist dance. So, sure, let's do this. Nancy goes with her to this house, which... When they walk up, I'm pretty sure that the door is not locked. I'm not. Anyway. So she's like, oh, thank you so much for going with me. And she's like, no big girl. It's fine. It's fine. I got you. I, I love looking at creepy shit. Like. It's the shit that I'm here for. They walk up in there and they hear somebody. It's it's like somebody may have broken into the house. And so she, of course, freaks out. She, like, fucking faints. Like, they hear something from upstairs and Nancy's like, I'm going to go check it out. And the woman, like, fucking faints. And, of course, gives the guy enough time to get away with whoever's broken into the house. Um, when they're looking around, the woman has, the woman's like, everything from this, this room was stolen. And it included two tables. Two cherry tables that were used by George Washington. And I read that and I was like, I've got so many questions. Does this mean that he stayed at a house that these tables were in? And so we're just going to assume that he may or may not have gently rested a finger upon them at some point. Also, uh, this is 1955. So you're saying that these tables are a good solid 200 years old. And you're like, but they're in beautiful condition. Like, anyway, like it's never said like, and, and he loved them. They were his favorite tables that he played Pokemon on them. We don't know. Maybe, maybe whist. Um, yeah. So she's deeply, deeply pissed that these antiques were gone because she's apparently splitting all of the contents of the house with her cousin who she's never really, she doesn't have a good relationship with. She never really met him. Um, but she knows that he's into antiques and I was like, so he's gay then. Um, Anyway, um, Nancy does spot the guy who's leaving the house, and he apparently is a tall, like, slender man with dark hair, and Nancy's like, so, can you describe your cousin? Because the woman immediately blames her cousin, and Nancy's like, can you describe him? And she's like, oh, he's blonde and tubby, and Nancy's like, so, not the guy that I saw leaving the house, then. Like, okay, good to know. So, new suspect, then. So, Nancy's like, okay, so, who knew about the antiques and the house and everything, and the one's like... Oh, well, I mean, just this antiques dealer that I happened to run into randomly. And Nancy's like, that is fishy as hell. Like, um, so Nancy's like, so when you came out here, like, you, you made sure you locked the door, right? And the one's like, y- um, well, I'm sure that the other dude locked it. And Nancy's like, what other dude? And she's like, this guy who came out because he was also interested in the antiques and wanted to see the house. And Nancy's like, okay, how did he have a key to it, though? And the woman's like, oh, well, um, I, I let him hold the key to, to get in. And Nancy's like, so you're a dipshit. Okay, okay, cool. So, Nancy's task for this book is to recover the furniture for this dipshit who makes bad choices. Um p- That, like, literally from this point on in the book, like, it doesn't even fucking matter. So, Nancy's like, okay, you think that your cousin has it. Where's your cousin? And the woman's like, oh, he lives in Pennsylvania in the Pennsylvania Dutch Amish country. And Nancy's like, hell yeah! I've never been. It sounds fantastic. The other thing that she finds in the house that she feels is a clue is a picture of the witch tree symbol, which is depicted on the front of this book, which after I read the, it was like, with a white border, I was like, if the paper's white, how did you depict that? Okay, that's fine. Underneath the hex, because it's a hex sign, underneath the hex sign are the words witch tree symbol, and Nancy's like, cool. What, what the fuck? And oh, and when she shows it to the lady whose name I can't remember and have zero interest in looking at, the lady's like, oh yeah, that's a hex symbol. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. Um, what? Okay. So I don't, I don't think the book ever like clearly explains how the fuck the woman in question, the dipshit, knows so much about Pennsylvania, Dutch, Amish country hex symbols. I mean, this seems oddly specific, but okay. Okay. It's fine. So, hex symbols, and Nancy's like, can you tell me anything more about this? And one's like, no. And I'm like, then how did you know it was a hex Mm symbol? To me, it sounds kind of like coats of arms or, like, some sort of interesting patterned thing that one might put on something. Um, From that point on, everybody else in the book who is, like, very superstitious is like, oh, you've been hexed. Nancy, you've been hexed. And Nancy's like, the... The hexing is to keep evil away, like, apparently, and Bess is like, whenever anything bad happens, Bess is like, oh, no, the hex, and um, Hannah's like, oh, no, the hex, and Nancy's like, can we not, though? Like, I don't believe in this shit, like, it, I mean, it's it's cute, I, I like that It's it's a very folksy thing, but I ain't here for, like, superstitious weird shit, and yeah, so... Which again is one of my main pet peeves about the TV show. Um, but anyway, so Nancy, of course, whenever she talks over with her dad, she's like, Well, the only lead that I've got is this cousin who is up there. So let, let's just go. So she talks to Bess and George, who, of course, are immediately like, Fuck yes. I am absolutely ready to get the fuck out of this town. It's apparently August as though that fucking matters, because you have one book being released a year, so, uh, you know, it's not like, and then last month is the month that Ned told Nancy that he would like to marry her one day, and she didn't say no, like, no, there's, there's none of that, so, um, the other thing that happens is, like, Nancy gets home after she's, she's back in River Heights before she's actually left, and, uh she's talking to Hannah and Hannah's Nancy's like where's Togo and Na- and Hannah's like oh I just let him out so he's probably just going to run around the neighborhood for like a couple hours and then come home and Nancy's like she gives Hannah this look like why the fuck would you let my dog just wander the fucking neighborhood like that's that's actually how Nancy came upon Togo which is in Whispering Statue the book that I think we basically skip because there's very little Ned content um like Togo likes to roam about in the neighborhood calls and shit. And so to let just let Togo out just seems a bit weird, but okay. So Nancy goes out looking for Togo and somebody is like cruising down the road looking like maybe they're a little bit lost or whatever. And Togo sees Nancy, runs across the road, and the car just fucking intentionally hits Togo. Nancy's so distraught that she Doesn't actually like make a note of the license plate or anything like that. She just immediately rushes to Togo, um, takes him home. He's, he is alert. He's got like a scratch on him, but I mean, because in Nancy Drew books, you can get a scratch or a sprain or whatever, but you can't like seriously break anything because that would interfere with the mystery. So she takes Togo home and cleans his wound and he's okay. And, but she's mad that somebody would actually like fucking run into her fucking dog. So as anyone would be as anyone should be. So there's that. Because, oh, also, Nancy's like, whenever she talks to dipshit, she's like, so, who, who, the antique dealer that you were talking to? And she's like, oh, I don't remember his name, or, or where he lives, or, I think that he came from New York. And Nancy's like, you're terrible at this. So, Nancy calls around, and she finds somebody who actually matches the description of this, quote, antique dealer. But that person, of course, like, hastily checked out of the hotel, like, 30 minutes before she called. So, hooray! So, anyway. So, anyway. Um, oh my God, I forgot about this. So Nancy actually goes to, she finds out the name of Mr. Holt. It's H-O-E-L-T, but I'm just going to say it, Holt. Um, so that's the name of the guy that matches the description, she finds out. Nancy goes to the police station and talks to Chief McGinnis, and she's like, Chief McGinnis, can you consult your files and see if you have anything on a, I think that his first name is supposed to be Raymond. Roger, I'm sorry. Roger Holt, do you have anything on a Roger Holt? And Chief McGinnis is like, hold please, goes to his fucking card catalog, pulls out, and it says, Roger Holt, six feet, slender, dark, eyes brown, nose pointed, slight scar at tip of chin, soft spoken, lived as a child in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Nancy, is that your man? And you're like, why why do you have Wikipedia for regulars in your office? Like, what the fuck? Because, of course, as soon as he pulled out a card, I was like, oh, so he's got a police record. And the chief is like, did he rob you of some jewelry? And Nancy's like, is that what he is? And Chief McGinnis is like, yeah, he's been in prison for several years, serving time for holding up jewelry stores. He made a quite a haul here in River Heights. Do you want to see his picture? So Nancy, of course, immediately memorizes his picture, and she's like, okay, I've got this. I've memorized it. It is locked in, like it literally says, implanted the man's face in her mind, which sounds creepily like she's going to telepathically contact him and propel him somehow to bring back the jewels. But anyway... So, um, yeah, they decide that they're gonna go to Pennsylvania Dutch Country. Weirdly, like, they they take the time to describe the traveling outfits for the girls, so that's fun. Um Carson comes home to homemade chicken soup. After that they have roast beef and apple pie, and I'm like, Is it just super cold? Why why are you having too weird okay, it's fine. I mean, um who's not a fan of apple pie? It's fine. Anyway. So, um, Nancy gets Bess and George. They're going to go up to Pennsylvania Dutch country. Oh, also, Nancy, of course, gets a threatening note before she even fucking leaves home from Mottville that's got the witch tree symbol and it says, stay home. And Nancy's like, fuck you. Nancy was more intrigued than ever. Like, catnip, buddy, catnip. If I ever want Nancy Drew out of the way, I'll be like, stay the fuck away from Raleigh. And she'll be like, I have to go there, like, immediately. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay. So, Nancy climbs into her convertible, bless, best, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and pretty, though slightly overweight. Fuck you. Stood on the porch waiting. She hurried down the walk, tossed her bag into the rear of the car and climbed in beside Nancy. Hi! Sounds like an an exciting trip. What a place to eat. And Nancy's like, of course you've been looking into travel logs about the various foods that are available. Um, Let's see. Bess is never timid about trying new foods. Fuck you again. Um, As a side note, as a sort of content warning for this episode, several times in this damn book, the girls are referred to as overeating again. And I'm like... Okay, first off, the food is fantastic, apparently. Just live it. Just, just be at one with your decisions to just enjoy a bunch of Pennsylvania Dutch Amish food. Just, it's okay. It's okay. It's fucking okay. At one point, like, Bess weighs herself in a scale in a farm, and George walks up behind her and is like, girl, you gained a few pounds, and Bess is like, you get on it, and then George is like, well, fuck, I've gained a few pounds. We're gonna have to, like, go plow a field, and I'm like, I hate everything that you're doing. I mean, I get that this probably would have been, like, lighthearted banter or whatever the fuck, but, like, just just fucking shut up. But anyway, so, please understand that they they enjoy some food in this book, and I'm here for it. Okay. George is wearing, I know that you've been waiting for this, a tailored white blouse and trim-looking brown gabardine skirt. And I looked that up and was like, oh, so just, like, normal suiting? Okay, that's fine. On her arm, George carried a matching jacket. The tomboyish girl, after putting her suitcase in the back, jumped into the front seat with a hi there and slammed the door. It's a grand day. I like August weather. It's good for sports. And you're like, just to rub everything in. It's like a checklist. When you're introduced to George, talk about her short hair. Talk about the fact that she's wearing kind of like unisex clothes. And also she's going to mention sports. Like, hit all those points and you are home free. So, they drive for several hours and end up in Pennsylvania, Dutch country. Like, the same day. And I'm like, I, I would map it but no i'm not gonna also i'd have to look up like highways in 1955 because i'm that level of ridiculous so um and they they pass tobacco fields and i'm like i love that you're like yes we're going to continue growing this poison says the person who was living in a state that's known for its tobacco production um yeah so everything is so pretty bess is like i would love to live on one of these tiny little farms and i'm like don't go cottage core just fucking it's okay it's okay just It's okay. Just eat some nice food and then go home. They go to Okay. Oh also, because I'm gonna mention a lot of this shit. The cousin's name is Alpha Zen, which I looked at and was like, So did you just throw a dart board dart at a board? Um, that's terrible. Mrs. Tenney says that there are two types of Amish, the church Amish, who are comparatively modern and own automobiles and electrical appliances, and the house Amish, who are very strict and do not believe in using any of those, quote, fancy things. They feel that hard work with the hands is much better for the health and the soul, Nancy concluded, and I'm like, uh, way to get all weirdly fundamentalist, evangelical, I mean, it's fine, like, sure. Also, it seems weird to me that the church Amish would be the more modern of the Amishes, but sure, sure. That's fine. Um, yeah. Nancy's car acts weird. And they, the girl, the other girls are like, the hex. And Nancy's like, shut the fuck up. The car is not fucking hexed, okay? So they um, they see this Amish girl who's walking by the side of the road. She introduces herself as Manda. And she's like, oh, they're like, do you know anybody who works on cars? I mean, I know you're Amish. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know an Amish guy who works on cars. <laughs> I love everything about this like absolute bonkersness. Um so she runs to his house. Nancy actually goes with her to to find out about her. Amanda is kind of nervous because she ran away from home actually. And I was like, "Oh, she did the Amish like run away from home thing." Um so she went to, she finished eighth grade and she wanted to, her father wanted her to stay home and work on the farm, but she wanted to learn more about the world. Three months ago, she ran away from home, went to Lancaster, worked at a bakery, attended night school. Like she's, she's living the dream, y'all. She's just living the Amish dream. Um, so, but she's going home because she got homesick and she wanted to see her family, but she's worried about the kind of reception she's going to get. And Nancy's like, That's, I mean, I can go with you. Amanda's like, no, no, like, my dad is very traditional. Like, no, no, it's fine. Um, Also, Amanda tells Nancy that her mom, like, they have no books in their house except for their German Bible and the, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's apparently a book that's about laying on of hands when somebody is ill. So the mom has the power to lay on of hands and just, like, talk the sickness out of someone. Um, Nancy's like, cool, cool, okay. Um, sure. Like she, she doesn't say anything. Like that sounds like absolute bullshit. So she's like, "Oh, that that's fine." Dude comes in says that there was a twist in the feed line, and I'm like, "Sure," because I believe that elves live under the hood of my car and they control everything that's happening. And when the elves are unhappy, that's what causes car problems. So, sure, maybe one of the elves is called Feed Line, and sometimes he gets a twist in his undies. That's fine. Um, they also ask if they know, if the dude knows the cousin, they go to visit the cousin, the cousin, um, actually has one of the tables, and Nancy gets really excited about the George Washington table, because she's gotten a very, very good description of it, he's like, oh yeah, that's the George Washington table, and Nancy's like, if he stole it, he probably wouldn't, okay, can you tell me more about the, the table, and he's like, yes, this is a reproduction, and Nancy's like, fucking hell, (laughs) um, what they find out, though, is that apparently the cousin, the roly-poly cousin, who was married, shut up, um, It's fine. He is married, and he both sells antique furniture and reproduces antique furniture. So he tells them the story of the George Washington table with the note that there is apparently a secret hiding place in the real George Washington tables. So he's got one of them, and he searched it, and there was nothing in the secret compartment. But he's heard that there may be something hidden in the secret compartment of the other George Washington table. And Nancy's like, okay, so that would make sense. Whoever stole the table found out about the secret compartment and they want to recover it to see what's whatever's in it to, because there may be like treasure or fortune or something. Okay. So now she's got like a motive for the stealing of the table. Um, she finds out that, um, Ooh, I'm sorry. When they actually go to Amanda's house after their car is fixed, as soon as they walk up, the dad of the family, who the, the wife of the family is like, Oh yes, Papa. And I'm like, Please understand that all of my skin is crawling. Like, don't don't call your your husband dad. Please, please don't do that. Um. Anyway, so immediately he gets like charged by a fucking bull and thrown to the ground, and the girls distract him. Like they get like water buckets and throw it at the bull to distract him and and drag the guy to there before he can get like actually like fucking gored to death. And I'm like. Okay, first off, so you're saying that this Amish guy who apparently raises cattle um, has this psychotic bull who only three teenage girls who are not Amish can deal with. Sure, sure. That totally, totally a normal thing. Dude is so incredibly grateful to the girls for saving his life, but also he ran Amanda off. Like, as soon as she came back, he was like, we will take you back, but nobody will talk to you. And Amanda's like, fuck you and leaves she doesn't say fuck you. She's Amish. Um, Also, this is a Nancy Drew book, and nobody says fuck you in Nancy Drew books. Not yet. Anyway, also, there's a bunch of just random German. Also, Nancy's like, I can practice my German, and I'm like, Nancy, why are you speaking German? It's 1955. I've got a lot of questions. Anyway, so it's fine. They go in the house. The wife is like, so don't, don't talk about Amanda right now, but just give it a minute. So she actually like gets the, she's like, we should have these three girls stay over tonight, but they don't have a fucking hotel like picked out or anything. She's like, we should have them stay here tonight so that, um, to kind of pay them back for saving your life. And the father's like, that seems legit. Yeah, that, that seems legit. They can stay here tonight. They have like this massive, like buffet, although it's kind of awkward at first because they're like, he's like, don't talk about my daughter. And they're like, okay, sure. Anyway, um, they don't have any indoor plumbing. The girls, the girls help out with like serving dinner and the old dude is like, that is the right work for girls. And Nancy and her friends look at each other and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, like, I fucking hate it. Um, The long wooden table in the kitchen with benches on either side of it was loaded with food. There were brown and yellow and white cheeses, red, purple, and white grape jellies, a platter of huge slices of homemade bread, dishes of apple butter, stewed peaches, and canned cherries. There were pickled onions, sour cantaloupe, and corn relish. For a hot dish, I was like, oh, so we're Midwestern. Um, There was boiled pot pie made of rabbit and fluffy two-inch squares of pastry. So they look around and they're like, Yes. Yes to all this. Fuck yes. (laughs) They actually don't eat as much. Um, the girls hadn't even sampled half of what was on the table before their stomachs were full. So you know how it's good. Um, the weird thing is that uh, the hex thing. So somebody starts, and it's, it's the villain. Somebody starts spreading the rumor that Nancy's a witch. And Nancy, when she hears about that, she laughs it off the first time. She's like, I'm clearly not a witch. Witches aren't real. Like, what the fuck? It's like saying I'm a space alien. But the Amish people keep hearing it. And there are certain Amish people who are not superstitious who are like, which is no, Nancy's not a witch. Fuck. And then there are some, especially the young people, actually, who are like, she's a fucking witch. And Nancy does not have red hair, which has been not in this book, which has been historically like, I can see how they're like, she's got red hair and she has magical powers, which I'm like, Nancy is a Disney princess and friend to all animals and small orphans. So I get that. But also like, no, she's not a witch. But I do love the the thought that maybe she is actually a witch and doesn't know it. Because she has supernaturally good luck. She should be dead. She should have been dead many times. Anyway. So Nancy agrees to find Manda, which is her like secondary mystery. Here's the thing like in the Nancy Drew Hardy Boy super mysteries, which I will at some point recap because I can't resist it. It's like my kryptonite. Um this is the kind of thing that, like, Nancy would meet up with the Hardies and they'd be like, oh, we are tracking a lost Amish girl. Although they'd probably assign that to Nancy because they're dicks. Um, the first, the primary mystery would be tracking down the missing furniture with the George Washington table. So each one of them would have one of those cases, and Nancy's like, fuck you, I've got all this. I've got it all, bitch. Does she actually even need Bess and George? Like, honestly, no. Like, at one point, George gets sucked into a giant hole and sprains her ankle. And, of course, Bess is... Bess is a good lookout who can call the police for you. Bess just just ain't here for peril. And, I mean, I get it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, They go, oh, let me think. I don't think it happens here. I don't know. Um, But they do go search the hayloft. Nancy says... Um, once when I was a little girl and got hurt on a farm we were visiting, I went to the Haymo to have a good cry all by myself. Maybe Amanda did the same thing. And I'm, I do like this little window into, like, baby Nancy where she was like, I'm so sad. I'm going to go hide myself somewhere and cry. And I'm like, oh, what happened, little baby girl? What happened? Anyway, they go up there and they find a piece of paper with the word witch tree on it. And Nancy's like, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, I'm getting Blair Witch vibes. I'm getting Blair Witch vibes. But anyway. They're like, no. And Nancy's like, maybe the furniture thief dropped it. And I'm like, he went to the barn of Amanda's parents and dropped a piece of paper that just had the words witch tree on it. What? This is like my child who was like, this puzzle piece is missing. Clearly a thief took it. And I'm like, there's a lot of steps in between here. But anyway, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of just bonkers shit happening in this book, so... And they're like, she's like, do you know what witch tree means? And they're like, no, we, we don't know what witch tree means, but okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Some weird stuff like, oh, and also the mom of the family goes to the market and she's like, I've heard that there is a witch girl near here and she matches your description. But the weirdest thing is that like they both of the parent, both Amanda's parents are like, we're not superstitious, we don't believe in that kind of shit. But like, but then later they apparently have heard from enough people that Nancy's a witch that they're like, we gotta get you the fuck out of our house, we can't have witches here. And Nancy's like, but we've agreed that I'm not a witch. And they're like, no, we just we can't have this. And Bess is like, I cannot believe that they would treat us like absolute shit like that. And I'm like, first off, they like fucking gave you a buffet. Second. They, there's a lot going on here, like it's it's just weird, and I don't think that the Amish are necessarily portrayed in a super patronizing way in this book, but there's definitely a like they're so quaint and different from us they're very they're very much othered in this, but even though they're white um yeah so uh they go stay with somebody else actually after that whole thing happened. Um, they also run into somebody who looks a lot like Manda and they find out that it's Manda's cousin who looks a lot like Manda. And you're like, yes, it's a Patty Duke situation. Um, so they're like, Manda, you need to come home. And the girl's like, I'm not, I'm not Manda. And they're like, why are you lying to us? And she's like, I'm not Manda though. I'm not Manda. And then she tells them that she also got mistaken for Manda a few days earlier by somebody who apparently was Mr. Holt. And Nancy's like, the villain has Manda. Because, remember, Amanda, like, hauled ass from her parents' house, and she was looking for somewhere to stay, and if somebody had offered her work, like, pretty soon after, and they had seemed legit, because apparently Mr. Holt has been around Amish country enough that he can pass for Amish, that if he'd been like, oh, we need a girl to work in our house, and you seem like a a cool person, that she probably would have gone for it. So, Nancy's like, okay, so I need to find the villain so that I can recover Amanda. She's not totally sure for most of the book that this is what happened, but she's pretty damn sure, so... All right. So wherever the fuck we were, um, Nancy goes, finds out that the, the tables have been copied, that the tables have actually been stolen. Um, because whenever she finds the antiques dealer, the roly poly Alpha's in. such a weird name. Um, anyway, so she tells him, she's like, yeah, the table's been stolen. He's like, son of a bitch, but an Amish. And then he is like, y'all should come to lunch though. And so they go to lunch at his house. On the way back to the place where the I think they're going back to the place where they would normally have been, um, their car runs into a bunch of fucking cinder blocks, like, Nancy's going too fast at the time, and she doesn't see them in time to stop, and so her car, like, runs over a few of them, and I'm like, that should disable your car, like, your, your car is weird, it's a transformer with a mind of its own, um, but anyway, They hit the block so fucking hard that Bess slams her head into the roof of the car, basically, and passes the fuck out. And the the girls are like, son of a bitch. (laughs) But, of course, you know, Bess is not feeling great. And they're like, you've been hexed again. And you're like, girl, just shh, shh. Anyway, um... They, the girls get out of the car to clear up the roadway because, of course, they're like, oh, there's a construction site right there. Clearly, the center blocks came from there. And I'm like, probably. But anyway, Bess looks over and she's like, there is a note tucked into one of these blocks. And I'm like, y'all are super, like, whoever does this shit is just bonkers. But, you know, that's a given. Um, The note says, Nancy Drew, witches are not wanted in Amish country. How the fuck was she supposed to find that, you dipshit? anyway. So Nancy's like, okay, so the person that we saw earlier was Roger Holt in disguise. He knew these blocks were here. He threw them in the road and left a note. And you're like, none of that makes sense. None of it. None of it. Okay, sure. And they're like, you're right. And I'm like, "Mm hmm. yeah, let's just, let's haul ass. Let's just chase some people in Amish country. They've just had shoe fly pie, which their host refuses to give them the recipe. I love it. I love how petty it is. Anyway, It's like, but you couldn't make it as good as I do anyway. Just, just be proud of yourself. It's fine. Anyway, um, so Nancy at this point is pretty sure that Amanda is working for the evil people and they're posing as an Amish couple. Apparently the name Holt is a family name around there. So she's like, okay, so dude is either like posing as Amish or I guess he maybe was Amish and is now evil. Like, like we can't have evil Amish people. Um, I would argue that it's possible. I'd argue. Um. Anyway. So, Bess is like, can I please just lay down for a minute? And I'm like, girl, you've been concussed. Like, just just go cocoon yourself into a sleeping bag and just wait it out. It's fine. Um. They get back to Manda's parents' house, which, again, the dad's a dick. So, I don't know that I would necessarily want to be there that often, but okay. Um, so... The mom's like, have, have you found her yet? And they're like, no, um, we got a lot of book to go. So we haven't found her yet. And she's like, okay, well, let's just not, let's just not mention it. So Manda's mom lays hands on Bess and says some words and put some liniment on her. And every time I see the word liniment, I put horse in front of it. So maybe it's horse liniment. <laughs> anyway, so she says some words over Bess and Bess is like, oh, I feel much better and passes out. And I'm like, I like it. I like it. Oh, then she's like, the mom at one Bess is laying down. Amanda's mom is like, we're going to make moon pies. And I was like immediately picturing a southern ass moon pie, which is a chocolate confection with marshmallow cream in the middle. And I was like, sure, maybe the Amish also enjoy moon pies. The answer is fuck no. These are hand pies. They're just folded in half to look like half moons. Let's see. These have, I can't remember. They were like actually like savory moon pies. I was like, what are you doing? Veal. They're fucking veal moon pie. Like everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. Anyway, so she teaches Nancy and George how to do moon pies and they're like, oh, these are delicious. And you're like, but they're wrong in every possible sense. So it's fine. Um. Anyway, Nancy uh, at dinner is like, um, maybe maybe you should tell the police that your daughter's missing and they were like, Fuck no and I'm like, This is a Nancy Drew book. If they were to alert the police, that would kind of invalidate the point. No one else will be allowed to interfere other than you, possible witch. <laughs> uh but Nancy tells them about the note in the center block and then they respond in German and Nancy's like Nancy correctly apparently interpreting what they're saying says, But I'm not a witch girl. Amazed that he now apparently believed the superstition. Um, but they then like basically freeze them out and they're like, Oh, we, we can't be around witches. And you're like, this is not some fucking Marianne Williamson situation. Like what shh shh. Anyway. It's the weirdest thing. Like I've said, the the Amish people they keep running into it, like are like, we're we're just normal, good people who are not, don't believe in witches. And then as soon as they find out that Nancy's been called a witch, they're like, maybe we do believe in witches a little bit. So yeah. So they decide to leave. They're like, we're not going to stay here if you think that we, that at least one of us, possibly all three, may be a witch. We're just going to go somewhere else. So that's fine. But the mom on the way out, oh, I'm sorry, Beth's on the way out. I was like, are you going to keep looking for Amanda? And Nancy's like, yeah. I mean... I'm not going to just leave her behind just because her parents are assholes. It's fine. They go to New Holland? Sure. I mean, that makes all kinds of sense. Um, And they ask if there's a room to rent. And they find out that there's a family named Glick who he is a shoemaker and Mama Glick will rent room sometimes. I'm like, again, please stop calling like parent names to married couples. I'm just, I'm just not cool with it. They're church Amish, which means the opposite of what I would normally think. They, they're cool with things and fine. They probably have some Wi-Fi, but not a lot, just a bit of Wi-Fi for looking up recipes. Anyway, so they've got this great house. They've got two kids, Becky who wears a prayer cap, just like her mom's. And Henner, who looks like a tiny Amish boy. These are the people depicted on the cover. So Henner, who is the little boy and his mom, are the ones who are depicted on the cover of this book, along with Nancy, looking agape at a witch tree. Anyway, um, they speak in German half the time, which they basically, they don't bother actually translating for you. They just let the person respond in English so that you can guess what the question was. Sure. Um, They also find out around this time that apparently a horse and buggy was stolen, like an Amish horse and buggy was stolen locally, and Nancy's like, can you describe it? And it's a black horse with a black carriage, and Nancy's like, cool, are there any distinguishing marks on the carriage? And the answer is yes and no, which is interesting. So apparently all the Amish carriages in the local area are black, just plain carriages, but they're like but there's usually like one weird thing. Like maybe one of the wheels is slightly different or whatever the fuck so that you don't accidentally steal somebody else's carriage when you leave your barn dance as you're going to do. So yeah, they're like, okay, so we know that if blah, blah is not blah, blah, then this is the right carriage, which of course is not a thing that Nancy and her friends are going to be able to pick out, but it's fine. Uh, Nancy asks around about Amanda. The thing is that nobody knows where the Holts are staying and they don't necessarily know where Amanda is. They may not have heard of her. So they're just like, oh, well we, we support you. But, oh, also hilariously, they're like carriages. The owners have funny ways of telling them apart. A bullet hole from a rifle practice. And I'm like, Yeah, the Amish are known for their rifle practice. Or a high board on the floor for a short-legged wife. And you're like, sure, sure, that's, yep. And they're like, we know our own carriages. And you're like, that's adorable. They just have a rainbow glow. It's fine. Um, And Nancy goes to the carriage factory. That's where she finds out that the carriage and the horse were stolen. So now they've got a description. Let's see. They go back to the Zen house. um, And... Nancy's asking about like you know has anything happened and he says that he actually sold the copy that Nancy located at his antiques barn to a couple who paid the price happily like he he said I marked it up by like double and they did not even blink they just handed over the money and Nancy's like that seems fishy can you show me what they paid with they paid a hundred dollars actually um in 20, $20 bills, and Nancy took them out, and she then very carefully compares them to her own money, and is like, yeah, these are counterfeit, and he's like, what the fuck, and Nancy's like, yeah, that's kind of why they just paid without asking you anything, is because the money was counterfeit, so it didn't fucking matter, so he calls the police, and the police immediately are like, yes, yeah, counterfeit, like, Nancy does a detailed, like, check over it, make sure that everything looks correct and everything, and it's just it's, it's as though the printing was not quite right, so, um, of course, the husband's like, son of a bitch! And the wife is like, well, I mean, it was a copy. We didn't... I mean, you had marked it up double, so it's not like we lost $100. We really only lost, like, 50 It's okay. It's cool. She's just super zen about all this. Oh, this is also where George catches Bess secretly weighing herself on a scale in the barn. Everything about that sentence is wrong. Everything. Absolutely everything about that sentence is wrong. Like... Why do you have a scale in the barn? Why is Bess weighing herself in a barn? Why is George catching Bess weighing her... Like, everything's wrong. And then Bess is like, you've gained five pounds. And Bess was embarrassed momentarily, but then was like, get your ass on the scale. And George is like, son of a bitch. Which again, like, shut the fuck up. It's good food. You have shoe fly pie and moon pies and all sorts of pickled things. So it's okay. Just calm the fuck down. So it's fine. Um... Mr. Zen comes in and is like, because of course they're still at his place because what the fuck else is there to do? There's no TV. Um, he runs in and he's like, Nancy, I thought you were my friend. And Nancy's like, how, what, what did, did I unfriend you on Facebook? And he's like, somebody called me and said that you were a thief and I found some lamps in your car. And Nancy's like, what, what, what? And so he's like, and, and here they are. And Nancy's like, Okay, I didn't put the lamps in my car. Also, why the fuck would I just be casually loitering at your place, like, letting my friends weigh themselves in your barn? If I were going to steal some shit from you, I would have made an excuse to leave. And he's like, that is logical. So, I mean, they still feel bad. And he's like, yeah, this woman, like, accused you of this. And Nancy's like, did she say what her name was? And he's like, well, no. And Nancy's like yeah, they're just trying to start some shit for fuck's sake. So anyway, so the wife is like, um, he, he wants them to leave. The wife is like, y'all are good people. Because apparently the women are a lot more rational when they're Amish. Like Amish women are more rational than their psychotic high-headed men. So, I mean, it's fine. Anyway, he's like, there are all kinds of witches. There may be something to this witch business. Nancy's eyes flashed. This insult was too much. I want to be like, Nancy's like, I'm a queen witch. Put some respect on it, girl. I love the idea of her being a witch. I love it. I love it in all kinds of ways. I love the fact that she's so indignant about it. Like, I'm clearly not a witch. And I'm like, that's exactly what a witch would say. Anyway, so George is like, well, at least you didn't go to jail. And I'm like, because it's not like that hasn't happened before. It's fine um they go back to the Glick farmstead and as before they could even get out of the car the little boy's like you be witches ain't and Nancy's like I'm not a witch pinch me and see and I'm like I guess we're just going back to the old school like if you pinch a witch she won't express that she's in pain like let's can we get away from the weird fucking stereo puritanical stereotypes? But anyway, so she's like, pinch me, I'm fine. Um, apparently mama went to a schnitzing, which, okay, apparently schnitz means apple, and I think, so everything involved with an apple, so it could be like they're making applesauce, or, or they're doing apple picking, or they're drying apples, or anyway, this comes up later. Um, the mom is like, "I'm sorry that my my children are dumb." Uh, <laughs> Apparently, some people, some of the women at the market were like, "Yeah, there's some witches and it's weird." And and they're like, she's like, "We don't believe in that shit. It's fine." Um. So then a um a trooper comes to the Glick farm and is like, "Hey, you don't look like a witch." And Nancy's like, "What the fuck?" Now even the cops are like going door to door asking about witches. And he's like. I mean, earlier in the day, a woman said that three out-of-state girls were stirring up trouble among neighborhood families, and she had said that they were witches. And one in particular, named Nancy Drew, had claimed she had supernatural powers to locate missing persons and solve mysteries. And the trooper's like, it's bullshit, but we check out random comments from, from randos. So we just had nothing else to do. So we decided to drive our happy asses out to your farm and ask you some fucking questions. Like... Y'all got better shit to do than to be like, oh why wouldn't you have just laughed your ass off at this woman? My God. Anyway. So he's 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 like, Do you have anything to say? And Nancy's like, first off, no. Second, witch tree symbol. And so he goes, she tells him all about the witch tree symbol. The weird thing is that like I think I think overnight I can't remember where when exactly it happens, but anyway. Um They look out and like a witch has been painted onto the barn, which, and it looks kind of like Nancy and I love it. I love that somebody snuck out in the middle of the fucking night and was like, you know what? I'm going to make a mural to depict my feelings about Nancy Drew onto a rando's barn and God bless America. Anyway, um, Mrs. Glick invites Nancy and her friends to go to market with her and wakes their asses up at four o'clock the next morning, which all the girls are like, no. And she comes back at like five and is like, okay, y'all got to get your asses up because if you don't, we're not going to make it. And they're like, okay. So they go to market with her and they make don't They like actually fucking fry some donuts. They, they bring a bunch of food that they're going to sell. They bring some crafts and everything. And at the market, Nancy sees Manda, but it turns out that it's her cousin. So she tells her that, yeah, she's... Um, that she saw Mr. Holt, apparently, based on the description, and that he had also mistaken her for that. Then they find out about the schnitz. Um, Apparently, when when Amanda's cousin was mistaken for her, he said, you've got to get out of here quick and go back to the schnitz. That witch girl is coming. So, Nancy's like, what the fuck? Because she felt like she and Amanda had a thing. Like, like, a good friend vibe, and now finding out that she's been accused of being a witch to everybody in the entire fucking neighborhood, she's like, son of a bitch, I've got to put a stop to this shit, so, anyway, so a schnitzing is an apple pairing and drying party, because you're Amish, and what the fuck else you gonna party over, but apples, um, a schnitz und gnip means dried apples and dumplings, it's like, so schnitz is just all about apples, now you know, imagine the star wipe with the rainbow and the more, you know, popping up on the screen. Now, you know, if you're in Amish country and somebody says schnitz, you can be like, with bells on. So, yeah. But nobody knows where the fuck the schnitz is. They're like, I don't know what you, like the appling, like that's, that's an event. That's not a, a place for you to necessarily go at another time. It's just, I mean, anyway, um, let's see. They glimpse somebody who they think is the person, but they're too far away to report it. And Nancy's like, we're not going to bother. We're not going to bother reporting this to the cops. are not going to get here in time. Um, the next, during the evening, the girls sleep well. They wake up the next morning. That's when they see the witch tree. The witch tree symbol had been painted on the side of the barn. Underneath it was a picture of a witch riding a broom. No wonder the farmer had said what goes here. The face of the witch bore a strong resemblance to that of Nancy Drew. And Nancy looks outside and she's like, Wow, like I would want to take out a camera and be like, "This is a souvenir." I've, I cannot help but stand that you're that much of a dumbass. Anyway, somebody went out in the middle of the fucking night. Anyway, anyway, so Nancy's like, "Let's paint over that shit." So she and the kids just paint over that shit. Like the the children, of course, are like, "Uh, "You're you're 100% a witch." Like this is not a normal shit. This is not normal shit. But anyway. So, they go over it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Nancy calls her dad. Actually, no. Nancy's dad calls her. And he's like, hey, um, so i got to go out of town, but I just wanted to let you know that you're going to have some company. And Nancy's like, oh, who? And he's like, it's a surprise. Hilariously, Bess goes and changes into her best outfit and is like, I've got a feeling. And it involves our best bows. So, hilariously, the only word in this entire book that is fucking highlighted by one of the previous owners is the word returned on page 114. I don't understand why. Maybe it's because that person was like, I need you to know that some Ned action happens. Anyway, so who pulls up but Ned in an attractive cream-colored convertible, and I'm like, you had a green sports car in the last book, so have we changed Ghost Riders again, or had you just fucking forgotten all the details about his car? It's as though he's just leasing cars in like six-month bursts. Also, cream-colored convertible. Uh, everything, everything. Um, Nancy's best bud Ned is with his friends Bert and Dave, who are Bess and George's usual besties. Slash, mm. later in the book, one of the Amish moms is like, "So y'all gonna get married soon?" And Bess is like, "What?" And she's like, "I saw your men. You got some nice men. Get better, snatch that shit up." And Bess is like, Bess turns red and is like, "We are not ready to get married yet." And the Amish woman is like, okay, I'm just saying, which, hilarity. But anyway. um, Bert, who is blonde and a little shorter and heavier than Ned, and you're like, really? Do we have to? Okay. um, Said he would leave the mystery business to them. I've come up for a good time, he declared with a grin. And you're like, hell yeah, you have. Because Bert is usually the one who's paired off with George. But in this book, they seem to be really casual about everything, so... Ned is described as tall with an athletic build and had brown hair and eyes. Um, and In the first books, he's got sparkling eyes, and now he's just got brown eyes. And I'm like, yeah, this is the version that I'm most familiar with. It's fine. Nancy, your dad already told me a little about the case. That you've been accused of being a witch in Amish country. Like, that's what I'm here for. That's exactly what I'm here for. There's going to be a fucking barn dance, because, of course, there fucking is. So, yeah. They have a special supper in honor of the the boys' arrival. And I'm like, it's because they want to have an engagement supper. That's fine. Um, There's a gathering. They're having a sing right after supper. They're having a barn dance at the Fishers. And Dave's like, I'll take a barn dance. And you're like, hell yeah, you will, because you're hoping there's a hayloft. Anyway, that's fine. Um, Ned, of course, sees the Amish carriages and is like, hell yeah, let's do this. This seems romantic. Suppose you and I go to the barn dance on one of them, he suggested to Nancy. All right, she said, but we'll have to use an open-top buggy. Why? Ned asked curiously. Because all unmarried couples travel that way, she said. The closed carriages are used after the wedding. And I'm like, for banging reasons. Ned whistled, I'll take one of those closed jobs after I graduate. What say, Nancy? And you're like, I like it. We're going to need some privacy for banging after we're married. Now that we are not married, we just drive to places and, and bang in the back of the car. She pretended to not to understand and said, You'll have to give up college and all worldly pleasures if you expect to marry an Amish girl. Well, Nancy's not Amish, so he doesn't. It's fine. Nobody faced her, and the others laughed. And I'm like, mm, Y'all were doing so well in the last book. Why are y'all fucking with me? It's fine. Okay. The couples take off for the barn dance. Ned actually, like, rents a carriage from an Amish person, which I was like, I'm shocked that y'all have, like, a a rented buggy in Amish country, but I guess that makes some sense. Anyway, so Nancy and Ned are going to travel together in the carriage for sex reasons, and the rest of the couples are traveling in Ned's cream color convertible. I'm gonna keep saying that because it's ridiculous. They get to the dance, and the couples get to the dance, and Nancy and Ned do not. And they're like... They look at each other and they're like, so they just pulled off on the side of the road. <laughs> but they do get nervous when they don't actually show up. They're like, usually they bang faster than this. But anyway, um, it actually turns out that it apparently is a thing among Amish teens to race buggies as though they're drag racing. So Nancy and Ned are in front of a two buggies that are doing that. And so they freak out. Um, the horse gets startled and runs away. The buggy's off on the side of the road. So their, their vehicle is disabled. The people who are racing don't stop to help. The fun thing that happens though, is that they get to, um, they're not at the dance. Remember the couples who were at the dance, the, one of the couples that was in the, the buggy, whatever, drag race is like. Oh my God, there was a bad accident. The witch girl was in it. And of course, Bess, George, Dave, and Bert are like, son of a fucking bitch, what? The witch girl flew into the air and George is like, what the fuck? Are you high? (laughs) So the buggy, like they, the buggy came off the road. Nancy and Ned were flung from the buggy. She must be a witch because she flew away and nobody saw her again. The Amish girl concluded in an odd tone. And you're like, it don't take much to impress you, it's dark outside, also, she's Nancy Drew, she's friend to animals, Disney princess, she's not dead, like, that's just not a thing, if she were dead, she would be re re reincorporated. it's fine, um, so, by this time, they're like, please calm the fuck down, from whatever you've taken. Maybe you took some molly on the way here. We do not know. But calm down and tell us something that makes sense because she ain't a witch. She didn't fly. Start over. Anyway, um, they looked in the field where she was thrown. Um, let's see. There was a boy with this girl. What happened to him? He went to, which uh, I'm just completely butchering this German. The young woman's escort said it meant Ned had vanished into the air also. So they're like, he was also a witch. And I'm like, that makes sense, though. They're dating. They banged. They're both witches. <laughs> of course. Um, they do actually find the buggy, but they don't find the horse. They don't find any sign of Nancy and Ned. They don't know what the fuck to do. They go to, they go back to the Glick place. They go back to the dance. They go back to the Glick place. They get, they cry. Like, well, mostly, it's mostly best. Mostly Bess is crying. Um... About three miles away, at this very moment, the missing couple were on a sleuthing mission. And you're like, I love your cute euphemisms for sex. Seated astride the horse, which Ned had hired for the evening, they were riding along a lonely road in complete darkness. And I'm like, again, perfect. Our horse was something, then we had to find shelter somewhere and whatever, it's fine. Um, The animal still wore his blinders and the long reins were looped lightly around the riders. Nancy, seated in front of Ned, held the reins. I'm like, that's right. Don't think that I don't see what you're doing here. Anyway. They're following an Amish carriage, which Nancy is pretty sure is the stolen Amish carriage. Um, she's also nervous that the person who is in the carriage notes that they are following it. Um, so the carriage stops and the person on board, like, runs off. They get off the horse to see what's, what's about to happen. Like, maybe the person's gonna run and get something and come back. Um, hilarious. This is the weird thing. Um... Nancy and I get off. They stand in the trees watching the the buggy and everything. Um, they were not molested, says the book. Says the book. Every time I read the word molested in a Nancy Drew book, I like I take a step back and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But the, um, in a few minutes they reach the carriage. There was nobody in it, only crickets. Um, but when they look on it, they see the stolen furniture. Actually, because um, Nancy gets on board and she's like, I don't know, some of this furniture is pretty fucking generic. But she finds that one of the police's matches very closely the description that was given to her. So, um, she decides that she's going to go get the police. I think they actually go to a farm and call the police. And, and she goes back there to keep a watch over it to make sure the person doesn't actually come back and steal it again. Um, and of course, Nancy's like, have you heard of a schnitz? And the guy's like, you mean apples? And Nancy's like, okay, then no. <laughs> Anyway, so they turn the carriage over to the police and they're like, this contains stolen property, which, you know, works out pretty well for them because they don't have to watch or anything. So they do that. They go to the, um, they go to the barn where the barn dance is happening. And as soon as they walk in, um, one of the Amish girls stops and shrieks, pointing a finger at the couple. She cried out, the witch girl, the witch boy, they flown back here to hex us. And you're like, I would actually bow and be like, You're welcome, but that's not what they do. The dancing ceased abruptly and the musicians stopped playing. There was a surge of unfriendly looking young men and women toward Nancy and Ned. Fearfully the couple wondered what was going to happen. Perfect place to stop. So Ned Nancy's like, I've had a fucking rough day, you pieces of shit. Like she doesn't she can't she's like, I'm I'm just done with this shit. Ned steps forward and is like, Look, fuck all of you. We're not witches. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous. He's like, look, one, two, four of y'all motherfuckers were having a fucking drag race and nearly fucking killed us. And also, we just found a carriage that had been stolen from, and he says, your people. A carriage that had been stolen from your people, which, okay. Um, he's like, so just shut the fuck up. We just want to get fucking home. Um, so, can you tell us where our friends are? And they're like, oh shit, I'm sorry. So, they come outside, and they see that Ned's car has reappeared, because they're like, son of a bitch. So, their friends are like, oh my god, I can't, what, what happened? And Nancy and Ned actually say that they did, they found the horse, they came up to the dance, and that's when they saw the carriage and started following it. So, they actually did come to the dance, they just didn't actually make it inside the building. And everybody is like, "Uh uh-huh, honey, uh uh-huh. Oh, it's fine. The carriage was actually recovered, so... um. They go to, they go back to the Glick Farm, um, and the next morning, oh, and I'm like, how did, did, did y'all sleep, that's fine, after breakfast the next morning, the boys announced that they must leave, and I'm like, okay, you were there for like 12 hours, like, you went all the way to Pennsylvania Dutch country, because Ned wanted to get a quick bang in, and I mean, I respect that, also, you wanted some apple dumplings, but anyway, Nancy's like, I'm sorry you can't stay long enough to solve the whole mystery, Ned. I'm sorry that you can't stay for the remaining 70 pages of this book. You've been a big help. And you're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure you have. They go to an Amish quilting after that. And this is when Mrs. Glick is like, y'all ain't prepared for y'all weddings. Have y'all embroidered some shit? I mean, like a lot of shit. Pillowcases, there's a lot of shit you need to embroider. The girls are like, no, we haven't. mm -mm, We haven't started. Ned and Bert and Dave are such nice young men, says Mrs. Glick. And Bess is like, they are, but we're not ready to get married yet. Mrs. Glick is like, you're old enough. You should think about it. Let's go quilt. Um, the girl who the quilting is being held in honor of, um, his 16 and she actually hands Nancy and Bess and George a bunch of like little scraps for them to start their own quilts. And the girls are like, that's fabulous. We are going to do that. They're not gonna be wedding quilts, but but yeah, we're we're here for it. This never comes up again. I would love to have like Nancy be like, Yeah, I made this quilt and now Ned and I take it on picnics, slash off the side of the road adventures for reasons. That's fine. So um they find, I think I can't remember exactly how they find the thing, but Nancy's pretty sure that wherever they saw the carriage, like, there's something nearby that maybe is a hiding place where the are, or maybe a place that they're storing stuff, so they decide to go out there. They find this decrepit house with a trap door going up to the attic, and when they open it, like... Oh, I'm sorry. Before that point. Before that point. Um... George steps in, onto a place that doesn't look any different from anywhere else, but her right foot sinks into a hole, and it's, it's like the, the quicksand thing. It's like she gets into a sinkhole, basically. So the girls have to pull her out. Um, Nancy's like, Bess, lay down on the ground, hold my ankles. I'm going to reach out and grab George, and then we will. the two of us will pull her out of the hole. So they test the ground really firmly, and then they do that. They, they manage to pull her out of the hole. So, of course, all of them are covered in mud by that point. They go into the house, uh, of course, you know, Georgia's ankle is not going to feel great after this, but they make it into the house, they find the trap door that goes up in the attic, there's a bunch of, like, newspapers, which Nancy's like, like, that fall out of the hole, and Nancy's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, like, if you open a trap door to an attic and newspapers fall out, that means that there's somebody up there who is, like, throwing bundles of newspapers, I've got some follow-up questions, what are you doing with bundles of newspapers, there's, like, nothing else in the house, um, but anyway, it's like, I wanted to start a fire later, for reasons. So in all the chaos, they're like, I'm pretty sure that somebody was up in the attic and they managed to get out. So they go up into the attic and they find only a family Bible, actually. Oh, they do also find a witch tree in the yard. So that's fun. Um, yeah. They stared at the strange bewhiskered tree. Uh, the German Bible that they find in the attic is given to Rachel Holt by her parents at the time of her marriage. And since it has the last name Holt, Nancy's like, okay, so it makes sense that this is a Holt property. Okay. So they take it with them. Nancy says that if Roger Holt, the dick she's been chasing for this entire book, if this is his family member, like, that Nancy has decided that she's going to save this family Bible for somebody who deserves it, and it's not Roger. And I'm like, interesting. Like... She's gonna give it to a law-abiding member of the whole family, and I'm like, mm, I've I've got some I've got some problems, but okay, that's fine. Uh, when they're out in the woods, actually, Nancy and Nancy and Bess are out in the woods. George stays there because her ankle is not feeling great, and so they take her home. Actually, um, ooh, yes. Oh my god! Every like ten pages of this is a description of another Amish meal. So- you have to excuse me. They're like, we're making something with sugar. And you're like, yes, hell yes, you are. It's fine. Um, they do find out that it's, uh, it is a witch tree. It's like a hex, hex tree. Witch's broom is what they call it. Um, yeah. So, oh, they go back to the, to Amanda's house and, Because of all the bullshit that people have been saying, the father is like, oh, Nancy Drew, like, induced her to run away or is involved in her disappearance or isn't really looking for her or whatever the fuck. And so, Amanda's mom is like, yeah, you need to just, like, stay away away from him because... She also asked about the schnitz and uh, Manda's mom was like, yeah, Manda asked me about that, too. So... Amanda's mom is like, okay, this is the guy whose name I can't pronounce, old dude. Old dude lives in one end of a three-generation house, which they're like, what is that? And they're like, basically, much like a hermit crab... Um, the family, the main house of the family, they just build on wings for the in-laws or for the grandparents or whatever. So the grandfather is living in the same house with the grandchildren. So it's a three generation house. So they go that the farm is actually having an apple schnitzing at the, at that time. And so Nancy asks about, Nancy goes to the old dude. Which, she walks up there, and she's like, hi, I would like to talk to the old dude. And they're like, okay, we'll go get him. There's no questions. There's no follow-up. There's no, like, regarding what? Are you trying to sell him a reverse mortgage or possibly some gold? Are you Sam Watterson? But, anyway, so she asks about that. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the place. A long time ago, it belonged to a farmer named Holt. And he's like, yes, go on. And he's like, that's pretty much it. They sold the farm to a city people named Fuller, but they've abandoned it because apparently... He's like, "Why do you want to know about it?" He says that it's dangerous. It's like death. Stay away from the st- spot. It's bad luck. It's very bad luck. And they're like, "We're going to go though." So go ahead and tell us where it is. And he like he haggles for a little bit, but then he's like, "Okay, it's like 4 miles north or right here." <laughs> like, seriously, what the fuck? He's like, "I'll just go ahead and tell you." So Um, apparently the property is large and there are several homes on it. And so they apparently found one of the homes. So there's apparently some other homes as well. Um, Nancy asks about Rachel and he says that Rachel Holt died 50 years ago. So, wow, that's an old Bible. But he's saying to stay away from it. Um, Apparently, some members of the Holt family vanished mysteriously and were never seen again. Neighbors concluded that there was a hex on the family. One day, a band of gypsies came along and set up their tents on the property. Old Mr. Holt was furious. He ordered them away, but they just moved into the woods. Several of his children visited the gypsy encampment and became friends with them. One of them was a beautiful young fortune teller, and you're like, I know exactly where this is going, and you are 100% correct. Mr. Holt's eldest son fell in love with a beautiful young fortune teller, and they planned to marry. The old man found out about it and stopped the marriage by threatening to disinherit his son. The fortune teller was furious. She told him that she knew the secret of why members of his family had disappeared, but she would never tell him unless he consented to the marriage. He decided, fuck you, I'm going to keep my son at home. Uh, Later, people said that the gypsy woman, out of love for the young man, had left a clue to the secret. The secret of what what, what had happened to the Vanished family members, or how that had happened. She had written it down in English on a piece of paper and hidden it in a table, which she had left behind for her beloved. Rumor had it that this table somehow had been acquired by the gypsies from the collection of George Washington's home. That is a fucking convoluted way to drop some George Washington lore into this story. But, okay. Okay, sure. Like... Why the fuck not? It's not an a an action figure. It's fine. So apparently the fullers who bought the property apparently have had a string of bad luck and so they're like, Maybe this place is cursed. Um and they've abandoned it. So that's where they're afraid it is. They're um whenever she's talking to the old dude, he's like, I hope that her dad's not too mean to her. Amanda's pretty and she's a good worker, he said she will soon get a husband and her papa will not have to worry, he added, chuckling. And Nancy's like uh fuck you. Um. Anyway, so the girls are like, "You're, you're not going to go there, right?" Nancy's like, "Immediately." <laughs> well, actually, it's Bess at that point because George's ankle is still hurting. Um. Bess is like, "We need to. We need more people than just us." And you're like, well, "That's true." Bess is. Bess doesn't really count for these things. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy goes back to the Glick house. God, okay, and then they get a phone call, and I'm like, again, because the Amish, the church Amish have phones. Bess bursts into tears. Nancy's like, what happened? And Bess is like, oh my God, I don't know how to tell you this. It was your father's secretary who was calling. He's, he keeps calling for you all the time. Everyone thinks you should come at lunch. Mr. Drew is dangerously ill in a hospital and it's doubtful that he will recover. And Nancy's like, Nancy turns, come like chalk white, and is like, holy shit, and, and starts packing to leave. for. People who have read any other mis- uh any other Nancy Drew book, um, you're like, this feels fishy, and that's what George does. As soon as she wakes, like she's feeling a little bit better after she's rested some, and so she finds out about what's going on, and she's like. None of that makes sense. My first question was, why the fuck would somebody call the Glick Farm, ask to talk to Bess, and then tell Bess that Nancy's father isn't... Like, none of that makes any fucking sense. Why would it be a secretary? So, George questions all that. George calls her own parents and is like, hey... Is Mr. Drew in the hospital and expected to not recover? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We just talked to him five minutes ago. He's fine. He's going on another business trip because that's what he does. A string of glamorous affairs and business trips is what Mr. Drew's life is. And so George is like, yeah, that was bullshit. That was fucking bullshit. Apparently the secretary is new. She also didn't identify herself. She just said, I'm Mr. Drew's secretary. And of course, Bess wouldn't necessarily be familiar with her where Nancy would be. So yeah. So Nancy's like, huh? So actually at that point, they're like, uh, George's mom is like, so y'all, y'all are coming home, right? And Georgia's like, Nancy, are we are going home? And Nancy's like, fuck no, we're not going home. <laughs> She's like, the more they try to fuck with me, the more I am determined to fuck with them. Which, I mean, I love it. Out in the yard, the little boy is playing with a slingshot. And you're like, is this a Chekhov's gun? And the answer is yes. Um. He's just playing with a slingshot and Nancy goes outside and he fucking slingshots her in the back of the neck and he's like, oh no, fuck! And she's passed the fuck out. She's out for the rest of the day. (laughs) It's so... I mean, on the one hand, it's just ludicrous as all hell, but on the other hand, yeah, I can totally imagine a 10-year-old boy accidentally, like, smashing Nancy Drew in the back of the head with a rock that came out of a slingshot. Like, yeah, that's on brand. Anyway... Um, yeah. So, the next day, Mrs. Glick dipshit with a slingshot, and Nancy and, I don't know, actually. I can't remember if, I think it is Nancy, Bess, and George. I think all three of the girls go. Um, Nancy's car gets fucking stolen, because they're like, okay, let's go, and Nancy's car is not in the barn anymore, so, because, remember, she was out for the entirety of the previous day. Bess is like, you've been hexed again, and Nancy's like... I mean it's bad luck, I'll give you that. So So they decide that they're going to um they let the police know and he's like, We'll go in a horse and carriage. So Nancy's like, Maybe we need somebody other than a ten year old with a slingshot and he's like, I'm a strong boy, I can help Again, on brand. Um so, so his mom's like, Shrug, okay. You're getting to be a big boy. I believe he might help us. Yes, you may go, tiny toddler but I'm leaving, I'm leaving your sister at home to do some work. Bullshit. Anyway, um, there's a barn raising that they come by that, that they're like, oh, let's, let's go. It's like a fucking pig picking. Like they're raising a barn and it's nice. And there's a bunch of food and cause they're Amish and it's fine. And then of course the barn almost falls on Dipshit with a slingshot and his little buddy, and Nancy saves them from being like completely creamed by a falling beam. And of course, all the Amish people there are like, "Oh my God, you're fantastic! We don't care if people say that you're a witch." (laughs) Also, and I'm just just because I noticed this when I was reading. Um, at the barn raising, there's um enough food to feed a small army on the table where dishes piled high with the traditional. Seven sweets and seven sours, which the Pennsylvania Dutch housewife serves at meals, says the travelogue. At least 50 moon pies were on trays at one side of the kitchen, waiting to be baked. On the floor stood crocks of um, donuts, the fried donuts, fried chicken, pickle relish. Um, Mrs. Baylor, who is the person who owns the farm where they m- managed to hang out, um, picked up a large angel food cake with whipped cream frosting. Please take this, I will wrap it up for you. Okay. Angel food cake, from what I understand, was an invention that mostly came about after a lot of technology was put into the kitchen, um, because it's very time-intensive. Like, you have to whip the shit out of the egg whites. So, it's a lot easier to make an angel food cake if you have, you have to separate eggs. Like, there's a lot of shit happening. So, I kind of questioned this. I kind of question whether, like, Amish people were, would have gone that far, but, also with whipped cream frosting. Like, to hand that to somebody, I'm going to wrap it up. And what? Do, do the Amish have cling film? Um, what are, anyway, so uh, an angel food cake topped in whipped cream handed to somebody who is in a wagon. Like, I've, this isn't, this is not Organ Trail food. I got questions. Anyway, she also insists upon giving Nancy several pieces of fried chicken, a dozen donuts, and a jug of lemonade. So she basically gave her a tailgate special. She's like, you go. And of course, Beth immediately was like, well, we got to eat this. Like, look at it. It's just going to go bad. And I was like, same. Let's just go ahead and eat this. They make it out to the place that Nancy's pretty sure that they were hiding, the, the Fuller Farm, which is currently the Fuller Farm. It was the whole farm. Ahead of them, they find a witch tree with the witch tree symbol being painted on it. And a hand holding the paintbrush is reaching around the tree, painting it. And it looks like a disembodied hand. And everyone's like, oh, and then Nancy's like, okay, there's no such thing as disembodied hand, so, and then, uh, like, a little boy steps out from behind the tree, and Nancy's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck is happening here, but there's a little boy attached to that hand, so we're good. I've got to say that, like, there were points in this where I was like, I'm, I'm getting weird Blair Witch vibes, I'm getting, getting just real weird Blair Witch vibes, it's fine, just creepy shit, just creepy shit. Anyway, um, a stout, dull-looking boy at about 16 years old who stares at the girl stupidly. I don't like the way this is depicted, but they're pretty sure that this child is... They, they say it is deaf-mute. Um, they're like, oh, okay, so he's... You, you can't get any information out of him. They do decide that they don't want to, him to get back to his... They're pretty sure this is the Holt farm, so they don't want him to go back to Roger Holt and alert him. But they then see Manda... So Nancy's talking to Amanda, and she's like, "Oh, you know, the people that you're working for are bad people who steal things." And Amanda's like, "No, they're good people." And Nancy's like, mm, "No, they're no." Is there a lot of beautiful antique furniture here? Because I can tell you why. And Amanda's like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah, it's true." <laughs> Apparently, Mister Holt had told Todd the the little boy who was, I say little boy, he's sixteen, um, who was painting on the tree that he. He needed to paint the symbol on a tree, but not to let anybody see him, so that explains why he tried to hide behind the tree, but continue painting. I was like, everything about that sounds dumb as shit, but okay. Anyway, so Nancy asks Manda to show them the antiques. They go up, um, to the attic, which has, of course, big old locks on the doors, and I was like, y'all gonna get locked in one of those rooms, like, the, this, it's a Chekhov's lock. Um, anyway, they do. They find the tables, actually, um, but Amanda's like, "Oh well, Mr. Holt said he was going out and he wouldn't be back until later, so we've got plenty of time to check out the antiques." And I was like, "No, no parts of that are okay." But Nancy can't resist it because she's like, "Oh, it's here! I, it's I'm so close to solving the mystery." So they go up um, into the attic. They're looking at everything, and then of course the Holt's come home and fucking lock them in the fucking attic, which of course is like, it's August, there's no air conditioning, it's like smotheringly hot. There's a ventilator though, so that's cool. Um, they do find a lantern that they're able to light, so that's fun, and Nancy says that after dark they can use it to maybe send a signal if anybody's looking that way, which again, they're in the middle of the fucking woods, so good luck with that. Um, they do find, Nancy measures the table, she finds that one of the legs is just a little bit different in length, um, she takes the leg off. It unscrews. She finds a small piece of paper wedged inside, where it, unscrewed. Emil, my beloved. Someday our paths will cross again, but now I must flee. Wherever I am, my love and thoughts will always be for you. Before I leave, I want to warn you. Yesterday I learned the secret of your farm. I nearly stumbled into a deep hole located near a stand of oak trees. You know, the place where we have often met there. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Had I been alone, I would have vanished, like members of your family. But my brother Gato rescued me. We wandered about the hole. He went down on a rope with a lantern and found a crystal cave. It is large and beautiful and someday will bring you riches. I have planted bushes of wildflowers from the forest over the hole so that you will never fall in. This will prove my love for you. I beg you to leave your papa and find me. Your loving gypsy, Amaya. Okay. This is page 207. The the books are like um, 210, 215 pages. Um... I read this and I was like, okay, so clearly you're gonna go explore. No, no, they don't. They don't. They fucking don't. Okay, son of a bitch. Anyway, so they signal They these officers come and they're like, hey, and Nancy's like, there's no fucking way that you saw our signal. Like, and they're like, no, actually, we found out that this was a whole property. And we came to check it out because we're, we're still looking for him because, you know, he's, he's been starting some shit. So that's what we're here for. Uh, The police officers find Mrs. Glick and her son tied to a tree, which again had weird Blair Witch vibes for me, because it's the middle of the fucking night. Anyway, the, let's see, I think that actually the, the bad people had, who had stolen Nancy's car, I'm pretty sure, yeah, they were caught riding in Nancy's car. Okay, Hilariously, when they're in the back of the police car, when everybody's in the back of the police car, okay, um, they decide to head back to the station. The police officers kept the radio tuned to headquarters during the entire drive. To everyone's elation, the news was flashed to them a little later that Mr. and Mrs. Holt and their accomplice had been arrested, the, the little 16-year-old. They'd been caught riding in Ace's car, which would be returned to the owner at the Blix home. The broadcast went on to say that Roger Holt had confessed to having posed as an Amish man from Ohio. In his childhood, he had lived in Lancaster, and so had learned the customs and languages of the people there. Therefore, it had been easy for him to pose as one of them. Holt admitted... Again, all of this is via the police radio. Hold admitted that when Nancy found out he had taken the fall of furniture, he had tried in every way to keep her from locating him. He had resorted to both violence and to defamation of her character. I love, I love that the emphasis in this sentence is actually on defamation of her character. Calling her a fucking witch. The witch tree symbol was his undoing, the police officer announced on the shortwave radio. And I'm like, do you like to perform for crowds? What the fuck are you doing here? Is this all for Nancy and her friend's entertainment? Hoda copied his old, his family's old hex sign on a piece of paper and lost it at the fall at home when he stole the furniture. Again, it, I've got questions about every single decision that was made in that sentence. When he came back to look for it, Nancy and Tini surprised him. He had fled to the second floor, ran away, checked out of the hotel. Three days before this, he had made a phone call to his accomplice in Lancaster saying he was ready for the man to bring his truck and steal the antique furniture. The evening of the day when Nancy surprised him in the Fallout Mansion, Holt had planned to spy on the Drew home. When cruising back and forth in his car, he had seen a chance to hit Togo and had done this out of spite. And I'm like, of course it was out of... He accelerated! Anyway. Later that evening, he had phoned Mrs. Tinney disguising his voice. He had posed as an antique dealer from New York and had cleverly induced Mrs. Tinney to tell all she knew about Nancy's part in the case, including the fact that she was going to Lancaster to try to find the thief. Hearing this, Holt had started at once for Lancaster. On the way, he had mailed the warning letter in Montville. Holt on a trip back to Lancaster after his release from prison and heard about the secret in the old table. How? How? Ah, uh, since the secret was reputed to have some connection with the old Hope property, he had seen a chance of finding a treasure, acquiring the property cheap, and then becoming wealthy. Okay, he finds out that Nancy's going to Lancaster. Why not literally go anywhere else? Like, just wait for her to give up. Go- oh god dumb people dumb people manda's like but he failed and if you had not come to amish country i would not now be going home to my parents and i'm like yes that's probably legit uh manda's also like i will tell you three girls a secret i met a funny young man in lancaster he wants to marry me in a month the papa and mama will like him too and i know they will give me a big wedding nancy george and Bess, you will promise to come please and they're like yes and Bess is like wedding feast and you're like Yes. Yes, Bess. Wedding feast. We're here for it. We cannot help but stand. So. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, do I want Nancy to be a witch? Holy shit, yes! Yes, I want Nancy to be a witch. Like... I do love the idea that, okay, at this point, this is 1955, the first Nancy Drew book was published in 1930. This is 25 years later. Um, women who initially were reading Nancy Drew books in their youth, who remembered it fondly from their youth, um, would then, this is the time that their daughters would likely be reading reading them, probably-ish, or maybe granddaughters anyway. So there's this weird sense that, like, Nancy is multi-generational, and that I mean, she's she's past her 90th anniversary at this point. This is 2022, so this is actually the 90th anniversary of Nancy meeting Ned. So, we cannot help but stand. Um, but, I like the idea that, like, Nancy is not so much a character as a concept and so much like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, every generation has their own Nancy Drew. And so the Nancy Drew shifts over time based on the needs of that particular generation. My favorite iteration of Nancy has to be the original, honestly, based on everything. But but it is really interesting to see how she morphs over time and how how the police can sometimes be antagonistic, the fact that Nancy's very presence in books is a note that the police are incompetent on several thousand levels is interesting to me, but anyway, so actually the next one is, let's see, where are we? Hidden Window, which... mm, Hidden Window is interesting because it's got some shit about Nancy's background, but I feel like that might not be a Ned book, so we're going to see what happens. I'm going to flip through it and see if Ned gets name-dropped, because if not, then we're just going to proceed to the next one, because you know what kind of shit I'm here for. We have not yet hit my favorites, which are... Double Jinx Mystery, yes. Um, there's also Invisible Intruder, yes. So there's there's just a bunch of Ned to enjoy in later books. But anyway, I also do, I was thinking about this the other day because I was listening to something else, and I was like, 1955, we're actually coming off the McCarthy hearings. So it's really interesting to me that, because of course, as you know, they're referred to as witch hunts. So it was interesting to me that Nancy is in a case where she's being accused of being a witch and she is denying it vociferously whenever she's accused of being a witch. But it's also, like, you accusing me of being a witch is a way to discredit me. In 1955, this was at the point that McCarthy's, the the stupid hearings that he was holding were basically being discredited pretty, pretty hard. So, I don't, I can't say that this is a comment about that, but it does seem to be a bit on the nose if you want to read it that way. It like, that does make some sense to me. That, like, we're coming off this whole, like, yeah, I mean, you're going around accusing people of being something they're not to discredit them, just like Nancy is being accused of being something she's not to discredit her. But there's also, like, this... Uh, I would love, though, if she were, like... If she if one of them had been like, you're a witch, and she had just shrugged him and been like, and? like, <laughs> I would have fucking loved that. I would have adored that at every possible level, but it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So that's where we're going to leave it for this week, because holy shit, I've taken forever to talk about this book. So as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.